Hi, everybody. This is Jay. And this is Mark. And we'd like to welcome you to Backstage Pass. Each week, we take you behind the magic and inside Disney history, pulling back the curtains and letting you see the Disney magic and history up close. With an eclectic mix of entertaining topics, humor, and tons of information and details, we want to keep you learning and smiling. So for this week, here is your Backstage Pass. ABC's presentation of the Backstage Pass Parade at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida is brought to you by General Mills and their entire family of cereals featuring whole grain goodness in every box. Well, hello everyone and welcome. We're delighted to be here for the first telecast of the Backstage Pass Parade, sponsored by General Mills. I'm Mark, one of your hosts from Backstage Pass, and I'm looking forward to this exciting parade. The streets are lined here in sunny Florida today with Backstage Pass fans, some of whom have been waiting for good spots for almost three days now. I'd also like to welcome my co-host, Jay. Hello. Okay. The theme for this parade event is the theater in all of its wonderful variations here at the Disney parks. This is stupid. Um, (coughs) excuse me. Listen, could you work with me here? Would you just admit it? It was a dumb idea. A lot of people put a lot of time into this, so buck it up, buddy. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Listen, you work with me or so help me out. Okay. Well, the parade is about to get underway. We would like to thank the fine folks at General Mills for sponsoring today's parade. All of the floats will actually be decorated in varieties of General Mills cereals. Whole grain goodness in every box. What, you couldn't afford flowers to decorate the floats so you use cereal? And I took a walk down Parade Row earlier this morning, and they look amazing. So sit back as we take you through the wonderful world of Disney theaters. The history of storytelling obviously dates back to the first caveman who stood in front of the fire with a group of eager listeners. But the history of theater, a written script to be performed by actors, really began with the Greeks and this man, Thespis, who is leading our parade today. We don't know much about him except that he won the play competition in honor of the Greek god Dionysus in 534 BC. It is his name with which we get our word thespian. Thespis is being portrayed today by talented comedic actor Will Ferrell. That's not Will Ferrell. That's just some guy who looks like Will Ferrell. Hey, loser! Sit down, sit down. Greek theater took place in large hillside amphitheaters, some holding as many as 20,000 people. The players included a chorus and their leader, which we see represented here by the Concord Senior High Choir of Birmingham. The use of masks to represent characters and high-soled boots worn to add height to the players limited the movement of some of the actors. The lines were more chanted than spoken. 
the semicircular orchestra of the Greek theater came to be eclipsed by the Roman raised stage and a more vigorous style of acting employed by the performers. This style is seen here in this float of a Roman gladiator made completely out of different varieties of Czech cereal. The Roman theaters bent toward low comedy and its association with the Roman arena contributed to its disfavor by the church after Rome's fall. After Rome's fall, theater's memory was kept alive only in the performances of roving bands, itinerant street players, jugglers, acrobats, and animal trainers. However, while such troops did help to maintain certain aspects of theatrical art, it is ironic that the church which caused theaters to be outlawed as the Roman Empire declined and fell, was one of the primary means of keeping theater alive through the Middle Ages. This resulted from the church's need to establish itself in the community, a community still steeped in pagan ritual and superstition, which manifested itself in seasonal festivals. The church ultimately linked its own religious holidays with these seasonal festivals and began to use dramatic form to illustrate the stories underlying these holidays. Through the ages, the theater evolved and became more sophisticated in its use of staging and music. Movies came onto the scene, allowing single performances to be seen by millions across the country. Walt Disney knew how to affect a theater audience with his movies, and here we have a float of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, made from a variety of Cheerios, including fruit-flavored Cheerios. But with Disneyland, he wanted to be able to take his audiences to new levels, immersing them in actual movie-type experiences. Disneyland became an experiment in creating a living movie set, bringing park guests to each new experience like the scenes in a motion picture. At the 1964-65 World's Fair, Disney began to experiment with ideas on how to transport theater guests into these new environments. Using audio animatronics instead of actors, and uh, here we have an Abraham Lincoln balloon sailing overhead, allowed Disney to be able to present scenes over and over with perfect repetition, similar to a movie. But it was more than a movie. Park guests were actually placed into the scenes. But these audio animatronics couldn't be moved or relocated easily, so it became necessary to move the theater guests to each fixed set. This could be done in a number of ways. Small groups of guests could be taken by boat, for example, as in the Pirates of the Caribbean or in Small World. Or guests could be driven in vehicles past the audio animatronic sets, literally as in the Ford Magic Skyway at the World's Fair where guests sat in cars. Imagineers have experimented with many different theater configurations. Now next, high overhead, with a team of tether handlers below, we have a balloon depicting Imagineer John Hench right down to his trademark cravat. <laughs> That's amazing. He helped create several unique theater styles used in the parks. The Carousel of Progress at the World's Fair was created out of the need for large amounts of guests to be shown four fixed audio-animatronic scenes. John Hench said, The circular shape of the building emerged as we worked with the allotted space. We had room for six stages to tell our story four show stages and one stage each for loading and unloading guests. We designed the theater seating so that it would move, enabling guests without leaving their seats to revolve around the stationary stage settings, stopping to view each one. A stationary inner ring of six stages and a revolving outer ring of six seating areas on railroad wheels. Here we see a unique float of the park character Nine-Eye, decorated entirely of trick cereal to represent the many circle vision theaters in the parks. John Hench said that, In Tomorrowland, we wanted to feature Circle Vision. 
a method of shooting and projecting 360-degree motion pictures that fully immerses the viewer in the center of the scene being filmed. The film technology was perfected in 1960 by Oob Iwerks, who at the time was the head of the studio camera department and Roger Brogy, head of the camera services machine shop. We had to design a cinema that would accommodate a large number of guests, but whose size was limited by the size of the nine screens and the projector's light throw. After considering and rejecting swivel seats, we opted for a walk-in theater without seating, which would enable the viewers to stand and face in any direction to view the images surrounding them. Uh, this giant lightning bolt float, decorated with Wheaties cereal, represents the universe of energy theater that uses a unique design with the 1100 plus person theater being composed of six 97 passenger vehicles which follow a eighth inch embedded guide wire allowing the theater to travel through the audio animatronic exhibits as well as coming together for a movie presentation on three 160 by 32 foot screens. The Camden High School marching band is actually marching in the formation the six vehicles follow in the attraction. Let's listen. Next, the American Adventure attraction in Epcot is depicted in this float of Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain and the Torch of the Statue of Liberty, decorated in over one million individual pieces of Lucky Charm cereal. The American Adventure keeps the more than 1,000 theater guests in one fixed location in an elegant theater with a stage measuring 130 feet by 50 feet, roughly one-fourth the size of a football field. The largest rear projection screen ever built looms behind the stage at 28 feet by 155 feet. A 65 foot by 35 foot scene changer weighing 175 tons moves the fixed audio animatronic show sets into place horizontally. They are then lifted into view by telescoping hydraulic supports with all the accompanying electrical and hydraulic feeds intact. Seven additional lifts bring the sets into view from the sides and from above. Every aspect of the operation is controlled by a network of more than two dozen computers. And now the 7,000-seat Fantasmic Hollywood Hills Theater at Disney's Hollywood Studios is represented by a float featuring Maleficent as the mighty fire-breathing dragon decorated in a mixture of Kicks, Total, and Fiber One cereals. <laughs> Fiber One cereals. Well, at least she'll be a regular dragon. <laughs> Alright, anyway. This theater features a 59-foot man-made mountain, making it the fourth highest mountain at the Walt Disney World Resort. A moat surrounds the mountain in front of the audience holding some 1.9 million gallons of water. Film sequences are shown on the water screens pumping 2,400 gallons of water into the air every minute and if called upon, could fill the 500,000-gallon Earful Tower in less than three hours. The final parade float is one all the fans of Backstage Pass will recognize. It's a giant balloon of Jay as Tinkerbell. What, what a great balloon, right down to the 1,600 pieces of black twine for his hairy legs. <laughs> what? Okay, this is the most ridiculous. Whose idiotic idea was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. As if I didn't know. Alright, that's it. I've had enough. Stupid theme, stupid floats, stupid parade. Give me that script. Hey, knock it off. Hey. Well, 
<laughs> That's all for the Backstage Pass Parade. What an absolute delight for us to be able to share this amazing parade with you. For all of us at Backstage Pass, this is Mark. Let go of my head. And Jay. We'll see you at next year's parade, where the theme is Disney Hotels. Oh, you've got to be seriously kidding me. Why don't you do one on Disney Park napkins through the years? Or maybe tram vehicle designs? If you'd like to see our source information for this topic, or have questions or comments, Please join us on the Inside the Magic forums in the Backstage Pass with Jay and Mark section. This is Jay. And this is Mark saying we'll see you next time backstage.